Hello, everybody. It's Rick Johns here with my brother, Will Johns, and welcome to the Best Thoughts Podcast. Today, we are very excited to bring to you stage four of the critical journey. This is the one we've been talking about the whole time. This is the one where you're really, 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 really going to get your money's worth, especially if you've ever had any, even the slightest experience of stage four. And if you haven't, then this one may not be that valuable, except to prepare you when it does come. Well, you did say that they're going to get their money's worth. And since people are paying nothing for this podcast, <laughs> maybe this is... No, I don't know. I, I'm having some second thoughts about this, though. I will admit, Will. Not ah. sure why we're covering this stuff, because... What do we know? And who do, who knows anything really about the spiritual journey or God? I mean, they're beyond our comprehension, right? So it, it sounds like you have lots of questions, Rick, uh, and you're questioning this whole process. Yeah. And if that's the case, then stage four is exactly for you. So you're, you're actually going to get a lot mm. out of this if, if we keep going here. So... Well, we'll give it a shot. And see. All right. All right. I, I talked him into it, so that's good. I'm feeling <laughs> good. But, you know, you know what you were just saying there about, you know, I'm not sure, and what, what if, and is this really? This is exactly what happens at stage four. It's probably the most difficult transition of the entire critical journey is to go from stage three to stage four. And one of the reasons I think it's so challenging is because at stage three, we're feeling great. We're productive. We're serving God. It just feels like everything is right on track, mm -hmm. right how it should be. And then all of a sudden, we're like in the wilderness mm. with no direction and wondering what happened to us. Yeah, that's a fascinating concept because I don't think normally if you were thinking about what does the spiritual journey maybe look like and you were trying to come up with a template or just a basic outline, I think most of us would say, well, you accept Jesus or you follow God, you make that decision. And then it's just this path of ever increasing understanding and knowledge and and getting closer. I mean, we talk in church a lot about being Christ-like and, you know, becoming like him and growing, growing in the faith. You just kind of get this picture that if if you're on the journey, everything will be about going bigger, more, better, stronger, bigger faith, more faith, you know, uh, more Christ-like, more patient, more loving, more unselfish. You just kind of get this picture that the minute you start the journey, it's just going to be this increasing growth uh, until you're almost like God. <laughs> like everything up and to the right, you know? Yeah. Like, like yeah. The, uh, and that's really our culture. Like we always believe that, always see progress, always see growth, always see, you know, mm. moving towards our goals, our accomplishments, moving towards success. Mm -hmm. and, and one of the challenges of, of stage four is that it's, feels like a complete failure. Um, and, and what's coming to my mind, Rick, right off the bat is the story of Elijah in the Bible. Mm -hmm. And uh, when I was had the opportunity in 2019 to visit Israel in person, which was fantastic, I got to stand on top of Mount Carmel. 
Mm-hmm. And this was, you know, one of the highest moments in Elijah's ministry. He's up there and he's challenging the false prophets of Baal and and God answers his prayer and consumes his sacrifice with fire and he mm-hmm. kind of like proves the power of God, you know, in a, in a in a sort of way. Yeah. And then he's so pumped up with adrenaline that he runs <laughs> runs down the mountain and in front of um I think it was Ahab's chariot if I right. remember right. Right, yep. And and then God leads him out into the wilderness and he comes down off that spiritual high and he's he's lost it. Like yeah. he's depressed. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> he's praying for God to take his life. Yeah. Uh he, so he's suicidal. He's he's like, there's no one else. It's only me. It's all on my shoulders. Yeah. He's doubting God. And he is solidly in stage four. Mm. After coming off the high of productive ministry at stage three. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. And that's that's what's unexpected in this, that when when they wrote this book, The Critical Journey, and they interviewed people, they kept seeing this pattern that, and this is where they created stage four, that somewhere in the spiritual journey, uh, you hit this wall. And the wall is what we're going to talk about in our next podcast. But you hit this wall and suddenly all that vivacious, enthusiastic, everything's awesome and I got God and I'm, I'm involved in the church and everything's going great, all of a sudden you start losing that enthusiasm. You start losing that passion and you start questioning, hmm, I mean, this is kind of true, but you know, there's also some things that aren't so great here and some things that don't make sense. And it just, it seems to the, the average observer and to the person experiencing it, like a loss of faith, mm-hmm. like you're going back in the spiritual journey, not like you're going to the next stage. <laughs> yeah, yes, yes, exactly. Yeah, and that's what makes stage four so challenging is it does not feel like a step forward. It feels like almost like you've you've lost your faith completely. Mm. And it's like a crisis of faith. And so there's no way that that would feel like a step forward when it's happening. And that's, in a, in a way, as, and we'll get to this uh, probably even more next week when we talk about the wall, but in the way, it's the ultimate test of faith because it's faith when you feel nothing. Yeah, yeah. You know, when, when nothing is there, uh, when you're like Elijah in the wilderness, feeling that God has forsaken you, that no one is with you, that you're all alone, uh, that is the feeling of stage four. Yeah. And I remember in the book, she comments that this this can happen at different you know times in our lives, obviously depending on kind of how your journey is going. Uh, for some, it happens kind of early, and I think it's those college years when you're finally free and you're you're thinking on your own and you're processing your parents' faith versus your own faith and you're exposed to all sorts of new ideas, your faith is probably challenged if you're in college and you're taking certain classes and learning all these new things. So it can happen there, but I think it also relates and correlates to kind of the midlife crisis, if you will, mm. because that's the time where you start to uh, the the things of this world, the external 
values that you've been living by start to lose their satisfaction as you you've been working now for 15 years and you're kind of saying you know this isn't that great i don't even like this job what am i doing uh this is why did i choose this 15 years ago i was a fool you know whatever but it can become a spiritual journey as you start questioning uh, your own faith, you start trying to figure out what really is meaningful to me. You're not yeah. just going to church because it's what you're supposed to do. You're kind of processing what do I want to do? What is my choice of my religion, my faith, my beliefs about God? And so that seems pretty scary to people on the outside. It seems scary sometimes when you're going through it. But who knew? It's actually a very important part of growing into something deeper and stronger in the spiritual walk. Yes, absolutely. Is you know, it can definitely develop over this kind of long period of time where we start sensing and and I I'm I'm glad you mentioned the, you know, midlife crisis Rick because it, it fits that. You know, we start mm. hitting that that dry spell in life, that kind of wilderness space of life where what used to work for us doesn't work anymore. You know, the thing that used to get us up in the morning just isn't driving our lives anymore. But God is using that to, to lead us to a deeper place of authenticity and integrity mm -hmm. where we're really living from the, the deepest desires that God has put in our hearts. And one of the ways that God gets us there is by allowing us to feel dissatisfaction mm. for where we currently are. I, I knew a woman, Rick, that she was very, very particular about uh, her health. And, and she was almost to the point of legalistic about health practices. Mm-hmm. And she would not eat a single thing that she thought was bad or wrong or, you know, mm. bad for her body. She was very almost extreme. Right. And then she got sick mm. and she almost would not go to the hospital because she didn't want to acknowledge her sickness. Mm. Finally, she went. And I remember, you know, visiting her there and she said, I did everything right <laughs> How could this be happening to me? Yeah. Like she couldn't reconcile her yeah. beliefs with reality. And so it just plunged her into the questioning period of stage four. Right. So certain life events that challenge our faith can certainly plunge us into stage four or trigger stage four. I think in my own life, and I was just thinking as you were talking, Will, about what, what it was for me, I think in my 30s was the stage four time for me and definitely a couple years there where I started really questioning not only my faith, but you know my job as a pastor and the whole idea of what is it that I want and what is it that is really true and I really believe in and really making it my own. And I, I was also doing some personal counseling and therapy at the time that really helped me explore that. And I, and I credit the counseling a lot with helping me get through this kind of stage in a healthy way because I think uh, I had some real serious uh, questions and issues coming up in, in all areas of my life. And so I think it could have gone down <laughs> in a, I could have blown my life up as some people do, and it could have been ugly and it could have been messy. Uh, and it could have done a lot of damage. So 
But I remember at that time being so scared. And, and this, is, this is why I, I am passionate to share about stage four, because I was so scared at that time to even question because it mm. felt scary. Like, mm. well, if I question and what if I come to the conclusion that there is no God or <laughs> my, my faith is not right or being a pastor has been a whole hoax and I've been fooling people. Like the big questions feel really scary when you get into them. Yeah, yeah. But I will say now in my later 40s, having gone through that, wow, it was such a great time to do the journey because it helped me really wrestle. I, I read more, I listened more, I was hungry, and I really came up with my faith. I understood now what I stood for, who I was, who God is. I, I, you know, not that I have all the answers, but I, I claimed it all for myself yes. instead of just, hey, this was what was handed to me. And, and that's a good point, Rick, because at stage three, um, we're accepting the answers of what we were taught at stage one and two, and we're, we're sharing that with others, and we believe in it. And, and it's not that it isn't true at stage three, it's just we haven't quite gotten to the point at the deepest level inside of ourselves to really say, Yes, this is what I believe. Yeah. You know, yeah. it's still kind of like, well, that's a great answer, or that's that's what God's like. But until we question and ask those very difficult, very scary questions, and and I think that's that emotional note that you're addressing there of the fear involved in asking those deeper questions um, can really hold people back from going into stage four. Yeah. And there's such a thing as they, they talk about in the in the book, what they call a hollow three. Mm. And the hollow three is somebody that was called forward into stage four and just willfully refused to go there and yeah. turned around and went back to three. <laughs> yeah. But now they don't really believe three. They're just acting like they do. Yeah. And and so they're the hollow three. And I just want to say, you know, make an appeal to any of our listeners, if you're in this stage four and you're feeling that fear, just take a deep breath, just relax a little bit and trust that God is actually leading you mm -hmm. through the process of questioning. Yeah. And God is leading you there not to destroy you or destroy your faith. God is leading the, you there to ultimately bring you out the other side where you have a much deeper faith, mm -hmm. a much deeper understanding that is no longer um, so easily, um, you know, challenged, I guess I could say. Um, you know, we've all, we've all met people where if you questioned their belief, they got defensive in a, in a, in a second. Yeah. They, they couldn't handle it. Yeah. When you come out the other side of stage four, Anybody that questions what you believe and why won't bother you anymore. Right. <laughs> it just it loses all its power to to yeah. uh, scare you. Yeah. But if you're hanging on by a thread in stage three, and someone starts questioning, "Hey, why do you believe that? That doesn't make sense to me." Yeah. It can be the thing that plunges you into stage four. <laughs> yeah, and let me point out that. In the Bible, we have a lot of talk about faith in the New Testament, and Jesus talks about it. 
And this faith, by definition, you can't really have faith unless you can have questions. Mm. <laughs> you have to be able to question something in order to also come to the conclusion it's worth believing in. Uh, if you just always believe it's there, you're not really having faith. It's just you haven't questioned whether it was there or not. <laughs> yeah, it's like uh, some people think that define faith as like certainty. Yeah. You know, like yeah. I just know. Faith is really when you're not certain. Yes. But you exactly. choose to believe and move forward, yeah. not knowing uh, where you're going or what's going to happen. Think of Abraham. God calls him, and he he's uh, affirmed for his faith in the book of Hebrews chapter 11, because he obeyed and followed God, even though he didn't know where he was going. Yeah. That's not certainty. No. That's complete uncertainty. Yeah. He's, he's taking the journey into the unknown by faith. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. And so questioning should be a part of the spiritual journey, should be part of church life. Uh, and as you said, Will, you, you reflected on people that can't handle the questions, that get very defensive, very scared when the questions come up. And I think that's unfortunate because I think church and the spiritual you know, places should be places where you can question, where you can express your frustration, your doubts, and it's okay to pursue those. And what I would say to anyone who's kind of feeling like they're in stage four as we're describing it, Maybe your faith is kind of hanging on by a thread and you're like, man, I'm just going through the motions. Maybe you feel like a hollow three. Mm. <laughs> That's what we'll uh, reference from the book. Um, if you're in that stage, don't be afraid of stage four. Feel free to ask your questions. Pursue the answers wherever they lead you. However, let me put a caveat. I think it's important to do a little bit of personal work during this time because what I noticed for me is part of me wanted to get rid of some parts of my religion because of some spiritual abuse that I had suffered as a kid. And so my own personal issues, my own emotional woundedness was leading me initially to conclusions that weren't accurate. They were more emotionally charged and they were kind of a knee jerk to certain mm -hmm. wounds and anger mm -hmm. and frustration. So if you don't deal with your own woundedness, and brokenness and your anger and your frustration and I can't believe that, you know, I grew up in this church and they did this to me, so now I want nothing to do with God and the church. Okay, that's an emotional issue. That's a psychological issue that you had to process. What we're talking about with stage four is doing the spiritual journey with authenticity, openness, and, and not having to toss out any babies with bathwaters. You're just now open to exploring them in a deeper way. Yeah, and, and I think if you can let go of the all or nothing yes. mindset, yes, uh, there that's there, it's a strong logical fallacy that we tend to fall into, where it's like, well, if one little thing is false about my faith, yeah. then it's all bad, and I'm throwing yeah. it all away. You know, yeah. like like that 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 kind of knee jerk, you know, all or nothing response. Um, can be very damaging and harmful, yeah. And it's tempting at stage four. It's like the easy way out. Yes. But but the the better approach is to ask the tough questions. Yeah. Is to be willing to ask questions that you aren't going to get good answers to. Yeah. And and it's be willing to question certain pieces of the faith 
that maybe are more about your own ego than they are about what God wants for your life, you mm. know? And so we're, you're questioning that. The other piece of this that I got some very wise advice when I was going through my stage four, also in my 30s uh, as well, Rick, um, and, and mine was triggered by having this perfectionistic view of what my life was going to be like as a pastor and what my churches were, would be like. <laughs> And then I ran full speed into the brick wall of reality of, you know, that, that, that life is messy, that nobody's yeah. perfect, including the church, including me as a pastor. And, you know, I had to, had to wrestle with that. Yeah. And that plunged me into the questioning uh, process. But I had a wise pastor say to me during that time, he said, doubt is essential to faith. Yeah. Doubt is good. Yeah. As long as you're willing to doubt your doubts. Mm, interesting. So, so think of that for just a second. Yeah. It's good. It helps you grow in your faith as long as you're willing to doubt your doubts. Mm. And so in a way, I would define the skeptic as the person that is 100% certain of their doubts. Yeah, that's true. <laughs> that's true. And I think for the spiritual journey, sometimes we see it in binary terms, like mm -hmm. you said. And so either I'm going to come to the conclusion God exists or he doesn't. <laughs> mm -hmm. And it's either one or the other. And you know what? I've been burned by God, so I just can't prove he exists. So now I'm an atheist. Well, hold on. There's a lot of gray area in between. Does he exist or not? There's a whole range of, well, what does it mean that I had some bad experiences, you know, is that, is that bad experience proof that God does not exist? And there's always the argument, you know, there's so much pain and suffering in the world, I can't believe in a God that would allow yeah. that, you know, so God does not exist. Mm -hmm. um, but what's missing in these types of arguments is the fact that there are a thousand other possibilities. Right. Like, what if God does exist, but it's just way different than what you've always been taught? Yeah. You know? Yeah. Exactly. And, and so... That leads to a massive range of possibilities. Yeah. Instead, this goes back to what we were talking about. Um, so we're gonna, I'm going to reference one of our old podcasts where we were talking about uh, relationships and we were talking about systems theory. And remember, Rick, that when in the system, when there is anxiety in the system, one of the ways that people seek to bind the anxiety is with certainty. Of course. <laughs> Yes. And so I need an either or. I need a, I need yes. a quick, easy yeah. decision. Yeah. And what stage four calls for is patience. It's a willingness to ask the tough questions. Mm. It's a search for direction, not for answers. Yeah. So so the first three stages, you're getting answers, and it's great, and you're growing, and 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 those are building blocks to your faith. But in stage four. There's no more answers. Right. It's almost like God is teaching you how to play jazz music. Mm. You know, <laughs> it's like up till now you've had the sheet music. You've yeah. had it all spelled out for you. Yeah. And now it's like you have to find your own direction. Mm. You have to find your own path. Your own music. You have to find your own music, your own rhythm, your own beat. Yeah. And and I that's like it. a lot harder. That is a lot harder, but I like the illustration. I think it's a pursuit of personal integrity at this time where you're wanting to be authentic. You've spent so much time trying to do what everyone else told you 
Now it's, it's time to be authentic to who I am, who God made me to be. And honestly, I think for most of us, you can go uh, into your 30s, 40s, even 50s, sometimes without that personal yeah. integrity because you're just doing what you've been told is right, what, what your culture, your parents, whatever. You're doing what you think you're supposed to do. And what also happens at this stage four is that God gets released from the box that we put him in, mm-hmm. and we recognize that God is far bigger yes. than organized religion. Yeah. And and again, you know, both, both you and I, Rick, had that moment of crisis where we're like, maybe we should throw out all religion, maybe mm-hmm. it's all bad, and we yeah. should just throw it all out. But it's only on the other side of stage four that you start to see how valuable religion is as a container by which people encounter God. Yeah. Uh, it's not all the answers. It's right. not the end of the journey. Yeah. But it's it's a tool. It's it's a uh, something that facilitates our journey with God. But when we're in this questioning phase, we start to see how inadequate any man-made structure mm-hmm. is for containing God. And so we see all the flaws in religion, we see all the flaws in the container. Yeah. And and yet that's helping us grow. Yeah. Through that through that process. I remember doing a sermon when I was going through this phase, uh, it just reminded me when you were talking where I had two volunteers come up and I had a dry erase board in front of the congregation and I asked them each to draw God. Uh, however they wanted to represent him. And so they each drew, you know, one of them I think was the big glowing sunny, you know, like the sun <laughs> of light and throne or something. Another was like the old man with the beard and whatever. And uh, so I said to the audience, you know, which one most most represents God? Would you vote for side one or side two? And of course, people were a little uncomfortable with that because, and that's the point. Like I was trying to make them uncomfortable with the drawings, the diagrams, because the minute you label God, Mm-hmm. you start to put him in this box. And then I suggested to them that God wasn't any either of those drawings and nothing you could have drawn on that board, you know, would have done it. If anything, God was the board on which you drew. Oh, wow. Yeah. Because yeah. he's everything. He's the foundation. He's the fabric of this, you know, universe. And so for us within that to try to, you know, describe him or put him in a box, it's really hard. Well, there's the old Jewish tradition where they don't even speak the name of God because they see that as creating an idol. They see that as, mm-hmm. you know, making a label that is God is always beyond any language, any yeah. any image, any attempt that we have to understand. Uh, but I also want to go back to this questioning piece where another reason, Rick, I think so many people when they're in stage four feel like feel so negatively towards organized religion is because organized religion by its nature cannot minister to people in stage four very well. Mm. It is created by and for people that are in stages one, two, and three. Yeah. And so if you're going through stage four, just imagine if an organization itself went through stage four, <laughs> it would cease to exist. Yeah, you know, it would unfold. If if it questioned everything it taught, it ever believed, yeah. it ever did, you know, it would just fold in on itself. Yeah. So don't be too mad at the organization. It really can't help it. 
it's there as a vehicle. But what can help you is you need to find someone, find a pastor that understands stage four and is sympathetic. Yeah. Find a spiritual director that you could talk about your journey with that will be very understanding of what you're going through. And even a really good counselor mm -hmm. can also help you through this process. But you need someone to really listen to you as you as you wrestle with this, yeah, uh, to help you through. And I, I know for myself, I had a spiritual director that I met with during this time, and and she was so helpful in helping me to kind of pull away the baggage of childhood, the baggage of false beliefs, but help me hang on to my real belief yeah. in God. Yeah, and that's the value of a mentor at this time in your life, somebody who's been a little ahead of you on this journey, they can really help you keep from from undoing too much or the baby without, you know, the baby going out with the bathwater because it's very tempting to just kind of get discouraged at this stage and just throw everything out and be done with it. And now, you know, I've seen the holes in this. And so uh, it, it I no longer believe it. I can no longer trust it. I can no longer whatever. Mm -hmm. So you need somebody there who can kind of talk a little sense and say, okay, you know, maybe there's, you know, these issues, but just throwing everything out doesn't solve any of those issues. Absolutely. And and I, let me also offer this word of encouragement is that there is faith on the other side of stage four. It feels like when you're in it that you've lost all mm -hmm. of your faith. Mm -hmm. You have not. You're in the you're in the highest test of faith where you're holding on to God while you question whether God even exists. <laughs> yeah. And so uh, it's challenging, but I just remember, Rick, what a relief it was when I, I came out the other side yeah. and had a sense of faith once again. Yes. But it was different. It was, it was freer. It was more open. It was less, there was less fear connected to it. There was more love a part of it. I mean, it was, it was an amazing experience. And, and so as, as tough as stage four was on me, I wouldn't trade it for anything. I'm yeah. so glad that God led me, you know, through that experience. And that's why the psalmist says several times, you have brought me into open places. Mm. That's the story of getting through stage four. You've brought me into these open, spacious places that you just never knew existed before. And that's another, uh, that's the definition of the Hebrew word for salvation is open places. So mm. you've, you've brought me into salvation. Mm -hmm. um, but let's just talk, we have just a few minutes left here, Rick. Let's talk yes. about how people can sometimes get stuck at stage four. Yeah. And one of the most common ways that people get stuck at stage four is that they refuse to let go of questioning as a mode of, of, of life. <laughs> and so question everything becomes their yeah. mantra by which they live. And, and that's helpful at this stage, but if you stay in that questioning mindset, it can often lead to cynicism and skepticism where you basically don't believe in anything. A and lot of people in our world stuck there. There's a lot yeah. of cynical, skeptical people. And it's, it's deceptive because you feel smart because, oh, you believe that? Oh, that's hilarious. You know, you never, you obviously have not thought that through. You obviously 
not very intelligent because there's this hole in it and you don't you know and don't you know the Bible was clearly not written by God and Jesus couldn't have resurrected from the dead and you can poke holes in anything. Mm-hmm. It is easy to be a skeptic. It's easy to be a cynic. Uh, and But it seems so smart because you seem smarter. You make fun of people. And that's where you can get stuck. And that just becomes your way of life. And you kind of feel superior about it. And, and I think the way out, Rick, is something we mentioned a little earlier is questioning the questions. Yep. You know, uh, because when people get in this stuck in the questioning, it's like, if I ask a question that no one can answer, then that's certain that yeah. I'm right, you know, or whatever. <laughs> and, it, and it's not. It doesn't, just because it's a tough question doesn't mean there is no answer or that yeah. it proves that everything is false that you're questioning. Yeah. Um, the other thing is it's easy to tear down. Mm-hmm. It's much harder to build. Much harder. So it's fine. Go ahead. Tear yeah. down the faith that you grew up in. Tear down the belief system of your family of origin. Fine. But what do you believe? What yeah. are you willing to stand on? What are you willing to say, I'm going to move forward in faith, believing that this is true? Yeah. If you don't have anything that you believe, then watch out. Yeah. Life's going to be rough moving forward. Definitely. And I think that's where I worry for that kind of cynical, skeptical attitude because they don't have anything to believe in and they just become kind of a negative force in the world and they don't realize they like to attack others for having some faith or, you know, well, a good God certainly wouldn't allow that to happen. Okay. So let's say there's no good God, but guess what? All the bad things are still happening. And I don't see, you know, I don't see a lot of uh, the cynical kind of person doing anything about that, at least with our faith, or at least with a Christian viewpoint, if something bad is happening, you feel a calling. There's compassion, there's love, there's something where you're reaching out to the other person because you actually believe in something that motivates you. And I'm not saying you can't be a compassionate atheist, I guess that's a humanist. Sure, you could do that. But what I am saying is it's so much easier just to tear someone else down for their faith than it is to build your own. Yeah, and at least the humanist believes in something. Yeah. You know, they believe in loving other people and serving humanity and yeah. and you know the skeptic believes in nothing. And yeah. that's that's a, a trap. Yeah. Uh, but I think the other thing is there's the paralysis of analysis. And so at stage 4 we can get stuck in our heads. Mm-hmm. And and sometimes what we need to do is step out in faith. And so we need to take action with no sense, no feeling that we'll be rewarded for it. Just, mm. you know, just taking, doing something, you know, and sometimes if, if stage four is really intense, sometimes that action is just getting up in the morning and living our day. Yeah, <laughs> sure. You know, because when it gets really bad, it's like, why should I do anything? You know? Yeah. And uh, so taking action... Uh, and then opening our eyes to any good that you can see in the world. Absolutely. And you reminded me of M. Scott Peck in his book, The Road Less Traveled. He says a lot of people question why all these bad things happen and you know why all this evil in the world and things. But he says few people question why is there good? Mm-hmm. Why is there grace? Why is yes. there love? And he said you have to question both. If you're going to look at both issues... Why is there one and not the other? Why are there both there? There is undeniably good at work in this world. And and so that's something we all 
have to wrestle with. Um, so there's a ton of growth that happens in this stage. And so if you're there, I just want to encourage you, stick with it. Uh, God's got something really good for you coming out the other side of it if you can trust the process. Well said, Will. Put it very well. And I think it's very good for all of us who have been on this spiritual journey to recognize the power of stage four and understand it's a valuable piece. And I hope if you're out there and you've wrestled with that before, that or if you're, you know, wrestling with it right now, that it can encourage you and help you to see this is all a normal part of the spiritual journey and spiritual growth. So we look forward to talking about the wall next week, and we hope you'll join us then. You've been listening to Best Thoughts with Dr. Rick Johns and Dr. Will Johns. We thank you so much for joining us for this episode. If you've enjoyed it, the biggest favor you can do for us is recommend it to someone else. We just want to share our journey to anyone it might be helpful to. And thanks again for joining us.